Welcome to the X Plus One podcast, where we meet you where you are with Jesus Christ and seek to take you one step closer to him. I'm your host, Luke Metzler, and welcome to episode numero dos of our series called Disciplines of Quiet Time. I hope you guys all enjoyed last week's episode. I'll say it again if you enjoyed it. I'd ask that you would share it with someone who you also think would enjoy it and be edified it as well. I, I truly have spent a lot of time preparing this series, preparing this content, and the content is my gift to you, and it would be your gift to me if you were to share it. And if you're listening and you missed last episode, man, I highly encourage you to go back and listen for two reasons. One, I believe it can change the way that you view your quiet time and your reading of scripture for the better. And two, listening to the last episode will really help this one make way more sense. So if you're listening right now and you haven't heard last episode, go back, listen, and then come back to this one. But for those of you listening right now and you, you listened to last episode, you remember that we left off talking about how quiet time is like a kiss. Because a kiss is love made manifest, which is what our time with God is like. It's his love made manifest in us and our love made manifest for him. It's also unique, special, and something to remember. And today I want to elaborate on that last point that quiet times should be memorable. Now I want you to think with me for a second of one of your favorite memories. Just one of your favorite memories. It could be your wedding with your spouse. For those of you who are younger, it could be a sporting event. It could even being a, a word you want, it could be anything along those lines. Think of a, one of your favorite memories. And for me, one of my favorite memories is, is hitting a buzzer beater three in a church league basketball game when I was in sixth grade. I remember we were down late, we were playing a bunch of kids that were a grade older than us, and, and put it candidly, they were better than us. We'd only hung around because one of my teammates, his name was Colton, he was having the game of his life, out of body experience, and also, our opponents, they were not taking us seriously. They were like playing with their food, if you will, taking bad shots, turning it over. They were, they were letting us hang around, put it that way. Anyways, we were hanging around. It came down to the final possession. And I can't remember exactly what the score was, but I'm pretty sure we were losing by two as the clock ran down. I remember we had the ball, and Colton was taking it up the court, and I was like, man, I'm trying to be a good teammate, be involved. He's feeling it. So I'm like, I'm going to go set him a screen. So I went to go set Colton a screen, and I remember I hit one of those bigger dudes right in the, right in the knee, knee-to-knee contact, and I got dead like, and it hurt so bad. It hurt so bad. So from my memory, what I did is like what, what any good teammate would do when he's injured, I was like, I'm going to get out of the play. So I went and ran to the corner, limped to the corner, just rubbing my knee because it hurt so bad. And what happened is Colton pulled it back out, and he decided to drive hard right. And being a good player, my defender was like, hey, my – my, 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 uh, the guy I'm guarding is injured, so I'm just going to go and help. So he went and helped to double-team Colton, and Colton making the right play ended up passing me the ball. So I went from rubbing my right knee and wincing in pain to me like, oh, snap, here it comes. So there I was, wide open, ball's coming to me. There's under five seconds left to play at this point, and I got one thing to do, and that's hit the shot. And I'm smiling because I drained it. Swish, game-winning three. It was awesome. It was an incredible incredible memory. Now, I, I don't bring that up to gloat, but I bring that up because I don't remember much from sixth grade. I don't remember my teachers. I don't remember much, if anything, that I learned, but I do remember that shot. And the only reason, the only reason I remember that shot is because I played that memory in my head endlessly after. I played it over and over and over again because I didn't want to forget it. In fact, I even have a reminder on my phone that says February 22nd buzzer beater, which goes off every year on that day to remind me 
of the shot that I hit. And yes, <laughs> I'm aware that's a little weird, but it was sixth grade and I really didn't want to forget that shot. So extend me some grace with that. <laughs> Anyways, similar to me with that shot, whatever that fond memory is for you, I want you to picture quiet time in the same light. I want quiet time to be something that is so awesome for you every single day that you play it in your mind constantly endlessly throughout your day because you just don't want to forget it. Because as evidenced by my sixth grade buzzer beater, what you bring to mind continuously, you store to heart. And that process of bringing things to mind continuously is what we call meditation. And the process of storing things in your heart is what we call memorization. And that is the quiet time discipline that I want to talk about today. The discipline that I call M and M, meditation and memorization. Now in this episode, what I'm going to do is I'm going to break down meditation memorization up into two questions. First question being why, like why should we meditate and memorize scripture? And then second, how, how do we memorize or excuse me, how do we meditate on and memorize scripture? So beginning with that first question, why, why should we meditate on and memorize scripture? Well, to me, I think there are five biblical reasons why we should meditate on and memorize scripture. And the first reason is threefold. We meditate and memorize scripture because it is valuable, profitable, and a means of equipping. Paul writes in 2 Timothy chapter 3, verses 16 and 17, that all scripture is breathed out by God and is profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, and for training in righteousness, that the man of God may be complete, equipped for every good work. Now let's break those verses down. First of all, we see Paul say that all scripture is breathed out by God meaning that it's divine, which makes it of utmost value. And that's huge. That's, that's huge. Like, you want to talk about things that are worth remembering. How about something that is of God, that endures forever, and that is infallibly true? Like, that right there, that's something worth remembering. And the truth is, we, we spend so much time, whether we want to acknowledge it or not, meditating and remembering things of this world. We remember our sixth grade buzzer beater. We remember the high school we went to. We remember the rosters and records of our favorite sports teams. We even remember our orders at our favorite restaurants. But all these things are passing away. Jesus says in Matthew chapter 24, verse 35, that heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will not. God's word endures forever. And in Psalm 19, we're told it is much more desirable than gold, even much fine gold. God's word is so, so valuable and its value greatly exceeds anything of this world, and that alone makes it worth MMing. And that leads me to the second reason found in this verse to meditate and memorize scripture, and that is because it is profitable. Paul says the scriptures are profitable for teaching, reproof, correction, and training in righteousness. Now, all four of these aspects, in one way or another, are connected to our character. So in a general sense, Paul is saying that the scriptures are profitable to our character. And that word profitable that Paul uses in that verse, he actually uses in his first letter to Timothy, saying in 1 Timothy chapter 4, verse 8, For bodily exercise profiteth a little, but godliness is profitable unto all things, having promise of the life that now is and of that which is to come. Now in that verse, Paul is saying godliness is profitable in every way, not just in our life now, but also in the eternal life that is to come. And this godliness as John Piper writes, this godliness that is profitable in every way, even unto eternity, is explained in 2 Timothy chapter 3, verses 16 and 17 as coming from Scripture. 
hear that. Godliness that is profitable in every way comes from Scripture. And the the profitable effect of Scripture, the effect of growing in godliness, according to verse 17, is that the man of God may be complete, equipped for every good work. And that right there, that's the third reason in these few verses in 2 Timothy to meditate on and memorize Scripture. Those words, they show us that the, the Word of God, through the helping of the Holy Spirit, can help us to discern and complete the good works that need to be done. And as I'm sure every single one of you listening knows, there are plenty, plenty of good, redemptive, and restorative works that need to be done in our country and in our world. And the knowledge, the knowledge of Scripture equips us to do them. Now, I'm not sure if any of you are familiar with Edwin Starr, but he released a song a long time ago called War. And in that song, he starts off by going, War, huh, yeah. What is it good for? Absolutely nothing. Say it again. Now you're probably wondering, how, how does that connect to these verses? Well, I, I hear that song through the lens of the word of God. And it, sound, it sounds like this. The word, huh, yeah. What is it good for? Absolutely everything. Say it again. Now, I'm not going to say it again. I'm going to save your ears there. That might be a horrible illustration, a horrible example, but the principle there is true. The word of God is good for absolutely everything. And that truly is worth meditating on and memorizing. Now, the second reason that we should meditate and memorize scripture is so that we can be doers of it. In Joshua 1.8, the Lord says to Joshua, this book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate on it day and night so that you may be careful to do according to all that is written in it. For then you will make your way prosperous, and then you will have good success. Now, I want you to look at the middle part of that verse. God says that Joshua shall meditate on the word day and night so that, so that what? So that he may be careful to do according to all that is written in it. In other words, God is telling Joshua that he must be a knower of the word before he can become a doer of the word. He's basically saying, Joshua, you cannot do according to all that is written in my word unless you first know it, until you first meditate on it day and night. So to bring that together, this means that there's absolutely zero chance, zero chance that we can live according to the word of God unless we know it. And the way we come to know is by doing what? By meditating on it or eminiming it. Eminem. By meditating on it continuously or day and night. And that leads me to the the third reason why we should meditate and memorize scripture because I think it builds off the previous one. And and that is because meditation and memorization help keeps our way pure from sin. In Psalm chapter 119 verse 9, the psalmist writes, how can a young man keep his way pure? By guarding it according to your word. Now this verse, as you may be able to tell, is, is talking about sin. The psalmist is saying that we keep our way pure or free of sin before the Lord by living in accordance to the pure and divine word given to us. Now, I want you to notice that this verse doesn't allude to us being able to keep ourselves pure. The psalmist doesn't say, how can a young man keep his way pure by living better, by trying harder, by willfully abstaining from bad things? He doesn't say that. He says here that we keep ourselves pure and we keep ourselves free from sin by guarding it according to the word of God. And how here does the psalmist guard the word of God to keep his way pure? Well, he does that by memorizing it. 
He says in verse 11, two verses later, I've stored up your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. Wow, I love, I love that verse. I've stored up your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. I remember reading that almost a year ago and truly that verse hit me like a ton of bricks and it hit me like a ton of bricks because at the time I hadn't been memorizing scripture to combat sin in my life and the temptations that led to it and I was so, so convicted. On top of that, I I remember becoming even more convicted as I read how Jesus kept his way pure from sin and and fought temptation in the wilderness in Matthew chapter 4. In that chapter, the enemy tempts Jesus three times and each time Jesus responds saying, it is written. And then he proceeds to quote scripture. I mean, hello, like Jesus, Jesus fought temptation to sin through the quotation of the written word of God. So if we want to succeed against the temptation to sin and we want to keep our way pure, just like Jesus did, we ought to know the word of God. We ought to have it stored up in our heart, just like Jesus did. Now, the fourth reason that we meditate and memorize scripture might be the biggest one, at least for me. And that reason is because we love it. Psalm 119, 97 says, oh, how I love your law. I meditate on it all day long. This psalmist never ceases to stop bringing God's word to mind because of how much they love it. Like, imagine that real quick. Imagine this psalmist going to bed with a giant smile on his face because tomorrow he'll be getting up early to eagerly meditate on the word. Imagine him smiling as he gets home from work because he now has more time to meditate on the word of God. I don't know about you, but that's a love for the word that I want to resemble. This psalmist here, he meditates on God's word because he enjoys it. He feeds off of it. He cannot get enough of it. What the psalmist shows us here is that meditation and memorization should not be homework. You're not studying for a test. You're abiding in love. That's what Eminem should flow from, a desire to abide in love. Meditation memorization, it shouldn't come out of a place of have to, but a place of want to. And if it doesn't right now, that's okay, but that's something to pray for because we should love the Word of God and we should meditate on the Word of God because we so deeply love the God who wrote it. Now, the fifth and final reason why we meditate and memorize God's Word is because we sharpen the sword. In Ephesians 6, Paul is talking about putting on the whole armor of God, which all serve to defend and protect us in the gospel. But in that chapter, he also lists one offensive weapon, just one. And that weapon, Paul writes in verse 17, is the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. I remember my pastor saying to me a few months ago that the only way we make any advancement in the spiritual war raging on this earth is by speaking the word of God. Nothing, absolutely nothing other than that takes up any ground. Isn't that crazy to think about? The word of God, the sword of the spirit, is the only offensive weapon that we have. So that means that the the more we meditate, the more we memorize God's word, the sharper our sword gets, the sharper the only offensive weapon we have gets. To put that in basketball terms, that means our bag gets deeper. And for those of you who don't get that, for those of you listening who are older in age, in basketball, we say that when a player has a lot of moves that they can do and shots that they can hit, they have what's called a deep bag. And I think that we should all desire to have that with scripture. We should want to have a deep bag of verses that the Holy Spirit can bring to our mind whenever he wants to. 
Just like how basketball players have a deep bag to score on offense and to beat their defender, we should want a deep bag of stored scripture to make ground against the defense in the spiritual war that we presently face. So to recap that, we should meditate and memorize scripture as part of our quiet time because one, scripture is valuable, profitable, and a means of equipping, which is from 2 Timothy chapter 3, verses 16 and 17. Two, because we have to be knowers of the word before we can be doers of the word. And that's from Joshua chapter 1, verse 8. Thirdly, we should meditate and memorize scripture because it helps us fight temptation and keep our way pure. That's from Psalm 119, verse 9 and 11, and also from Matthew 4. Fourthly, we should meditate and memorize scripture because we just love it. And that's from Psalm 119, verse 97. And lastly, we should meditate and memorize scripture because it sharpens the sword, which is our only offensive weapon. And that's from Ephesians 6. So those are the five reasons why we meditate and memorize scripture, but they don't answer how. How? How do we meditate and memorize the word of God? And to me, I think the answer is simple. We memorize by meditating. In my opinion, we get way too caught up in the goal of memorization that we forget about the needed goal of meditation because memorization cannot exist without meditation. In the academic world, we, we call these differing goals lead and lag goals. The lag goal is the ultimate goal that we desire to achieve, whereas the lead goal is the impact goal that we must achieve in order to achieve the ultimate goal. Take physical health as an example. Say you have a goal of gaining five pounds of muscle, right? Well, in order to reach that goal of gaining five pounds of muscle, you have to first achieve the goal of lifting consistently. So the lag goal, the ultimate goal there is putting on five pounds of muscle. And the lead goal, the impact goal, is lifting consistently. So in relation to meditation and memorization, the ultimate goal that we have, or the lag goal, is memorization. Because we want God's word stored in our hearts, just like the, the psalmist in Psalm 119. But in order to get there, we must first achieve the lead goal, or the impact goal, which is the meditation of Scripture. Does that all make sense? Basically, all that means is when it comes to memorizing scripture, the goal isn't necessarily memorization. The goal is meditation. That's why I call this discipline of quiet time meditation and memorization with meditation coming first. We meditate and the result is memorization. Our meditation just turns into memorization. Now, I say all this because from talking to many people on the subject, many of you whom I know are listening, you, you would say you really struggle to memorize things. And that may be true, but I think if you're thinking that way, you're missing the point. In Psalm 1, it says, blessed is the one who meditates on the word day and night. And again, back to Joshua 1.8, God commands Joshua to meditate on his word day and night. And that when he does, he says at the end of that verse, you will make your way prosperous and then you will have good success. God is very clear in his word that blessings are on the head of those who meditate on his word. Now, I'm not saying God doesn't bless those who memorize his word. I'm just saying that God loves and blesses those whose minds are constantly pondering and beholding. There's that word again, beholding his word. And all of us can do that. Sure, you may not be able to remember as much as someone else, but you can still spend time constantly bringing God's word to mind. And if you're still wondering how, like how can I meditate on God's word? How can I constantly bring it to mind? I'm so busy. I don't have the time to do that. How how do I craft time to do that? Well, listen, I know you're busy. I am too. We're all busy, and most, if not all of us, don't just have 30 minutes to sit down and meditate on a verse. But here's what we all have. 
we all have in-between moments in our day that we can capitalize on. We can spend a few minutes meditating on a Bible verse instead of scrolling through Instagram. We can spend a few minutes meditating on scripture as we walk to class or as we drive to work. We can spend a few minutes meditating on scripture as we put our makeup on in the mirror. There really are so many in-between moments, so many that add up throughout the day. And if you were to take those moments to meditate on scripture, you would be surprised at how much you memorize. So I want you to think about it. Think about it. What are your in-between moments that you could spend meditating on a verse instead of doing other tasks? Is it while you walk to class? Is it while you get ready in the morning? Is it while you drive to work? For me, my, my biggest in-between moments are my 20-minute walks to and from class. So what I do to capitalize on those moments is I write down scripture that sticks out to me for my Bible reading on index cards. I write down the verse, I write down its meaning, and then I take that card with me everywhere, continually reading and beholding it, thinking about what the verse means, and storing that to heart. And so if you do the math there, that means that by meditating on God's word in between my walks to and from class, I'm getting an extra 40 minutes, 40 minutes meditating on the world word. And from personal experience, what I found is that if I use that time to meditate on just one verse, it is always, always memorized by the time that I'm home. And so I encourage you to do something similar. You could write scripture on index cards like me or record your voice memos or write them on sticky notes and put them on your bathroom mirror. Whatever it is that will help you bring scripture to mind constantly throughout the day, whatever will help you capitalize on your in-between moments, I encourage you to do that. Because again, from everything that we just talked about, there is absolutely nothing better that you can do. And if you're listening and you're still convinced that meditation won't help you memorize scripture, if you don't think you can m and I want to encourage you by saying, if you can remember your Chick-fil-A order, you can remember a Bible verse. Truly, if you can remember your Chick-fil-A order, you can remember a Bible verse. I know some of you listening are like, man, I can't memorize anything but you can remember your Chick-fil-A order. And so if you can remember that, you can remember a Bible verse. I promise. Be encouraged. You can do it. Okay? You can do it. I believe in you. You can memorize a Bible verse. Now, for the next episode, we're going to talk about the discipline of prayer in quiet time. But until then, I love you all. Thank you for listening, and God bless.